You're listening to the Prayer Storm Podcast. We pray that this teaching blesses you, challenges you, and equips you, leaving you ignited for all that God has for you. Don't forget to check out James Ladderin's book, Life on Fire, which is out now. You can find this and more at prayerstorm.org, or you can click the link in the description below. I want you to begin to pray in tongues just for a few moments right now. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Even though he may come in like a flood, the Lord is raising up his standard. He's raising up his standard right here. In New Jersey, he's raising up a standard of intercession, a standard of prayer, a standard of holiness, a standard of fasting. An army is arising, and we are lifting our voice right now. Come on, just pray with me. Rana mande balasa teleba, vata tale na makataya, zina na mandande balasa tapa, rema mala na ma vehasa, 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 asane, 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 asita ya ladaya ya katayaba. We are not victims anymore. We are not victims to darkness. We are not victims to anxiety. We are not victims to depression. We are victorious in the name of Jesus. For some of you, the enemy has been messing with you. He's been stealing from you. You know, the, the, the word says the, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you've seen his traits. But some of you need to rise today and say, today I'm taking everything back. Everything back that has been stolen from me. My strength, my focus, my health, my prayer life. I'm taking it back. 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 We're taking back our children. We're 
taking back the, our marriages. We're taking it back. Oh! Sadadaya, sadadaya, sadadaya. Mananama, mananama. Vadata ledebaya, vavasteve ledeba. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're taking it back. Maybe you've got tired of praying for your child. Maybe you've got tired of praying for your children. But I'm here to encourage you by the Holy Ghost to switch into your war mode. Maybe you've got tired for contending for that breakthrough that you know is the will of God, but the enemy has been resisting. I'm here to say to you, mighty warrior arise. Thank you, Jesus. You could take your seats. Thank you, band. Father, as we go into your word, I thank you for utterance to communicate your heart to this region to speak into what you're doing right now. Cause us to come in sync and in sequence with the movement of heaven. Even though your word says your thoughts are higher than ours, you also said it hasn't entered into our hearts what you prepared for us. However, you've revealed it by your spirit. So Lord, we ask for the spirit of revelation to enlighten our minds and our hearts and bring us in order with heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, band. Uh, it's been a great honor, a great privilege to be here. These have been incredible times of ministry. I've been so blessed by your community. You know, once again, I want to honor and thank Pastor Mario, Pastor Lee. Can we just thank the Lord for them? Incredible leadership. And in this morning session, we're praying over them. And I just want to say it again. I really believe this place is going to be like an Acts 13 place, like Antioch that God is going to send people from. However, two things I believe we need to shift gears, the intensity and tenacity of the prayer happening in here, that's one. Two, the sorts of prayer that surrounds the leadership, we need to shift gears as well. Uh, for the grounds that need to be gained in the months ahead, uh, some, there will need to be a, a turning up of the heat. So I just pray that the Lord will give you wisdom to know how to align yourselves in the spirit. Because whatever God wants to do, it first has to be done in the spirit realm first. It's not marketing skills. It's not organizational skills. It's not all the, thank God for those things. But you need to do your homework in the spirit realm first. Just like I'm standing on this platform right now, and I have a shadow, I think. Yes, I have a shadow. Yes, there it is. <laughs> the shadow is not me. Won't it be silly of you to come up here to try to move the shadow around? That's what many of us do when we try to do things now on strength. This realm is the shadow of the spirit realm. 
So if we're going to really shift things in this realm, we don't do it by just trying to work in our own effort. Yes, God has given us gifts. We first have to shift it in the spirit realm. And we do that through prayer, through fasting. Guys, there are no shortcuts to this. The 21st century church is like caught up in this microwave generation. We want things quick. But there are no shortcuts. In fact, as I've been reading through the New Testament, I've started noticing some things I've not noticed before. Where, you know, uh, uh, you know when Paul was prayed for to receive his, uh, his side and when some demons were cast out, you see things like, and that very hour, the demon left. And that very, so, and I've wondered, it didn't say immediately. I read through the New Testament, you see those phrases in that very hour. Why didn't it say immediately? See, we're conditioned that everything just happens like that. Even when Paul dealt to the, the slave girl with the spirit of divination, it didn't say immediately. So, we can buy into an idea that things are like microwave. Now, don't get me wrong, God does that too. But there are times where God takes time to do what he wants to do. And the fact that we've released declaration and the decrees and it's not happening instantly doesn't mean nothing is going on. So we need to stand our ground. And I started this session with prayer because I believe God is wanting to switch into your war mode. Because you have become overcome by the circumstances for too long. And you need to remember, God gave you an armor, the armor of the spirit. You read that in Ephesians 6, right? Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. You know, he goes on the belt of truth, the shoes of peace. All these things, it's the armor of God. And then he says we have the sword of God. Have you realized there is no armor for your backside? Do you know why? You were never designed to turn your back and run from the enemy. My shirt says, move, persist. You were never designed to turn around and run away. It doesn't matter how hard the battle gets. You know what scripture says? Even if you can't progress, having done all to stand, stand your ground. Pray over that wayward, rebellious son. Stand your ground. Pray over the church that seems like it's not growing. Stand your ground. Pray over the business God has called you to in the marketplace that seems like you're being resisted by darkness. Stand your ground. Pray over your own health. Even if it feels like nothing is moving, stand your ground. No retreat, no surrender. We will not give up. We will not give in. We will not bow to the enemy. The devil is a liar. Some of you need to remind yourself. The devil is a liar. He's not going to have my family. He's not going to have my health. He's not going to have my church. He's not going to have my destiny. The devil is a liar. We switch to our war mode. We switch to that, that realm where we begin to fight. We don't run away. Now, these things are easier said. But I want to remind you, when you leave meetings like this, and you go home, and you go to work in the morning, the devil will try to stir things up to intimidate you. In fact, sometimes you start to pray, and the situation gets worse. Don't stop. If... If you're praying for your son to get saved or you're praying for a situation and you feel like it's getting worse, take that as an encouragement. 
What you're experiencing is reactions in the spirit realm manifesting in the natural to intimidate you and shut you down. If it's getting worse, it means something is being irritated by your prayer. Don't stop the prayer. Don't stop the fasting. Stand your ground and don't turn back and run away. We are going to keep standing. We are going to keep praying. We are going to keep believing. There is no other way. There is no plan B. So we need to find our war mode. The children of Israel were in three places. They were in Egypt. They were in the wilderness. And then they were in the promised land, Canaan. These three places that they passed through can give us a picture of spiritual phases in the life of the believer. In Egypt, they had the experience of the blood. So Egypt is the picture of their salvation. The, the believer is saved from that place. Because you know they had to put, you all know what I'm talking about, right? They had to put the blood on their doorposts and the angel of death was able to pass over them. So for the believer, that's a picture of our salvation. Now, the problems you deal with in Egypt is different to the challenges you deal with in Canaan. You can't live in Egypt and expect to eat the fruits of Canaan. When you're in Egypt, you're dealing with cycles of sin. You have battles you fight in Egypt. But when you come out of those battles, you're not expected to go back to those battles. Right? Then they go into the wilderness. The crazy thing is in the wilderness, they're there because of their disobedience. And we talked about that this morning. They, they were choosing not to come under the government of God. And because of that, they were going around in circles. It's amazing that in the wilderness, they had miracles. In the wilderness, God supernaturally led them. However, he led them in circles. <laughs> so God could be supernaturally leading you. And you could be just going round and round all because you've not come under his government and he knows you're stiff-necked. Miracles are not always a sign that God is, you know, let me say this way. Miracles are not always a sign that you're in the right alignment with God. Because the children of Israel had manna. They had the, the cloud, they had the fire, supernatural things that many of us want to experience. And in the midst of that, they were a stiff-necked people in rebellion. And so they crossed over from the wilderness and they crossed over into the promised land. When they stepped foot on the promised, you know, when the, the, the people bearing the ark, they stepped into Jordan, the Jordan stopped flowing, they stepped into the promised land, manna stopped falling from heaven, right? So in the wilderness, they had supernatural provision, but in the promised land, nothing of that sort was happening because the whole kind of Thing that the Lord was speaking to me about the, about the promised land was it was going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, you all know that phrase, right? Because it's all through scripture, Old Testament. A land flowing with milk. Everyone say, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, that's all nice language, but I hope you realize that it, does, it didn't mean that they walked into the promised land and milk and honey was flowing down the streets. As nice as that sounds, the land flowing with milk and honey, it's spelled W-O-R-K. Work. 
Now they don't have to wait for something to fall from heaven. They have to work the ground. And that was God's way of getting them to mature, but stepping into their promised land. And as they stepped into the promised land, guess what? There were enemies in the land that they were supposed to fight. So God made them such that they had to learn how to fight. The same way the children of Israel had to fight, it's the same way you have to learn how to fight. The fact that God is wanting to transition from Egypt, move through the wilderness, and step into the promised land does not mean the promised land is going to be a place where you just chill out and have a nice time. Yes, you will have a nice time, but you would also learn how to be a warrior in the promised land. They had to learn battle. It's sad that many Christians don't know how to fight. We give up too easy under the pressure. And God is truly wanting to raise up an army that will not back out under the pressure. So he's left some enemies in the land for you to conquer. In Egypt, there were victims. In Canaan, they were called to be victors, victorious. So many Christians are still fighting the battles of Egypt. When they're supposed to be fighting the battles in Canaan. In Egypt, the battles you're fighting are dealing with cycles of sin. In Canaan, the battles you're fighting are dealing with land possession. (laughs) Gaining territory for God. New Jersey, listen, you're called to gain more territory. I don't mean necessarily real estate and property, even though I believe God would do more of that. I mean spiritual territory for God. You're meant to advance God's kingdom. But you can't be trying to advance God's kingdom in Canaan if you're still dwelling in Egypt. That is why God wants to first bring deliverance to you. So that he can bring deliverance through you. It's not just for the man of God or the woman of God or all that kind of stuff. These days we elevate all these people and there's nothing wrong with honor and all that. And I I, I respect that. I think that's good. But sometimes we do it to our own detriment and think we are not called. And they're the ones that have the anointing. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. There's nothing wrong with that. I hope you realize that your words carry more authority over your own life. So you better open your mouth and begin to rebuke the devil that has been tormenting you. Don't wait for the pastor to do it. Now, yes, thank God for pastors. Don't wait for the evangelists to do it. Thank God for the evangelists. Thank God for the apostles. But your words carry more authority over your own life. And many Christians have actually stepped on the self-imposed curses. Because they're speaking words with the authority God's given them that's in agreement with the devil. And now they want some pastor to come and break it off, not realizing they need to undo the words that they've been speaking themselves over their own life. I feel like in New Jersey, God is calling the church to fight the battles in Canaan. It's time to gain your territories for God. You've stayed in a spot for too long, and now it's time to gain new territories. And if you're going to gain new territories, you're going to learn how to fight. Fight your battles with the weapons of warfare that God has given you. It says in Corinthians that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. It's not about, see, these days we, and I I often get on this a lot when I'm here, well, 
Yeah, because I'm in America. You've got the best preachers on the planet. You have people that can preach well, but that can't pray. You know how I know? Because when you put them on the platform and it's a prayer meeting, instead of praying, they end up preaching. <laughs> a prayer meeting is not a preaching meeting. We're all engaging with heaven. So people are so used to preaching that they're always waiting to be stirred up by someone on the platform. But the sort of army God is raising up is an army that each person knows how to stir themselves up, knows how to stand their own ground. And when Pastor Mario or someone else comes up and, and they're like, let's pray, they can feel the sense of unity and the sense of com camaraderie, I guess that's the word, the sense of togetherness of the army. This is truly an army the Lord is raising up. However, we cannot be an army if you are not a soldier. And if you're going to be a soldier, you're going to learn how to use your weapons in secret. The Olympic athletes, athletes the guys who you know, compete at the Olympics, they don't get ready for the Olympics the day before the Olympics. They've been practicing years in advance. Years, they've been going through all the routines, getting their body physically ready. And then there is a day where they compete. In the same way, there are significant moments in history where God is wanting to do something in the region. And he looks down on New Jersey and he goes, where are my warriors at? Where are the ones that have been training in the battlefields in their personal lives? Where have been training their hands to war? Okay, I need to mobilize my army because I want to do something big in the kingdom, in the region. But it's looking around and it's like, oh, my warriors are wounded. My warriors are worried. <laughs> my warriors are weary. And so the army is not effective, ready in a significant moment to advance. But I feel like the Lord has sent me here today to say, warriors arise. Yeah. Mighty warriors. Listen, you might be feeling weak, you might be feeling weary, you might be feeling worried. But the Lord is prophetically calling you a mighty warrior. Mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Arise, 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 arise. You're feeling weary? Allow his presence to bring healing. But don't stay there and, and almost give up on the battle. Warriors don't go into battle thinking like this, that if it gets difficult, you know what, I'm going to run back home. Warriors don't think that way. They're either there to win or die trying. <laughs> It's like, there is no plan B. We're in this to the end. And listen, I know I'm preaching here, but guys, this is the easy part. <laughs> when you live here, it gets, some of you have come here, you're dealing with some serious things. And listen, we're going to go into some warfare prayers at the end of this. Because I believe the Lord wants to break some yokes off of some of you in this place. Because a fish in water doesn't know it's wet. When you've lived in a system for so long, in a spiritual atmosphere for so long, sometimes you're so used to oppression, you don't even know you're under oppression. You're so used to depression and darkness and filthiness is in the air, you don't know that you've, your whole kind of spirituality has kind of accommodated for it. 
But God wants to break you out of that funk, out of that madness that the enemy is trying to put on you to limit your effectiveness as a warrior. It's time for you to rise up, warriors. It's time to arise. It's time to arise. Um, Acts 1.8 says this. You all know this. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 10.38 says this. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I wanted to have a look at Acts 6. I don't have that here. I'm going to bring it up quickly because you need to see something else here. Acts 6. Acts 6, 8. In fact, let's just back up a bit. Okay, Acts 6, 5. And the same pleased the whole multitude. There's a context here, which is, you know, the church is multiplying, and the disciples, uh, uh, sorry, the apostles decided to pick some people who were going to serve tables while, while they gave themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Look at this. It says, and the saying pleased the multitude, and so they chose Stephen... A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Then names a few other people. So just jump, ahead, jump over to verse 8. Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great signs and wonders. So initially when Stephen is introduced, he's described as a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Then something happened with what was deposited in Stephen. To the point that the next time he was introduced, he wasn't introduced anymore as a guy full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Now, he's full of faith and power. Acts 10 says, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Acts 1 says, you shall receive power only after. Everyone say after. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you read about people like, uh, you know, when you read about Elijah and the spirit of Elijah that came upon John, he will carry the spirit and power of Elijah. So there is a clear difference between the Holy Spirit coming on an individual and the power of the Holy Spirit moving through that individual. So in Acts 1, you see that Jesus saying to the disciples, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit and a byproduct of the spirit you receive is going to be a demonstration of power. In the book of Luke, when Jesus was baptized, it says Jesus was, he went, he was, he went into the wilderness filled with the spirit. And then you know what it says when he came out of fasting? He came out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit. So you can have a deposit of the Holy Spirit on you but no have stayed long enough allowed him to work in you deep enough for that deposit to yield power are you tracking with me 
One of the ways that we allow the work of the Holy Spirit to be converted into power is praying in the Spirit. He has deposited a dimension of his presence on you. You carry his presence in a measure. However, that presence can bring so many products. I guess a great example, a great way to describe this is crude oil. Do you guys know what crude oil is in the U.S.? You don't know what crude oil is. <laughs> you, know, you know petrol, right? You know diesel? You know gasoline? Okay, all those are products from crude oil. Crude oil is a raw material. So crude oil has probably thousands and thousands of products that come from crude oil. If you were to see crude oil in its raw form, you probably don't think it was anything useful. Now, before crude oil is able to produce petrol and produce a, a gasoline and produce diesel and produce the fuel that's used for aircraft, that crude oil has to be taken to a refinery. And when it's in the refinery, there's different levels of temperatures that um, produces different products. And I don't know all the figures, but just for example, say maybe at 200 degrees, you know, Celsius, because you guys use Fahrenheit. Maybe at two, maybe maybe gas comes out there, and then maybe at 400 degrees, something else comes out there, and maybe at 500 degrees, literally, that's how we get all the gas and petrol. Are, are you tracking with me? The Holy Spirit is like crude oil. That crude oil, you need to take into a refinery. And that refinery is your engagement with the Spirit. As you engage with the Spirit, certain products will come out of your engagement. Are you hearing me? You may be called to be a prophet. And I may not be called in that way, but as you engage with the refinery at a certain temperature, that thing that's already in you by the Holy Spirit will begin to be unlocked. So you may spend five hours in prayer and have a certain dimension of, of, uh, of release of the presence, and I could be doing similar things, but a completely different experience. It's not so much the time, it's about the crude oil deposit that the Holy Spirit has placed in you, and the products he's assigned for you to distribute. Each person has a portion. Each person is called. So when we talk about pressing deep in prayer, you're actually wanting to engage the Holy Spirit in such a way that whatever that raw material is deposited in your spirit is able to be translated through your soul into your life and begin to work actively. And the end result is power. We cannot advance the kingdom of God without power. Power is not something for some special spiritual people. We're all called to move in the power dimension of the Spirit. Power is not something that's for some gifted people. Every believer is called to move in power. It says we shall tread on snakes and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. Each one of you, we're called to cast out devils. Do you know how you get good at casting out devils? You start with yourself. <laughs> you start to realize not every thought that comes to your mind is your thoughts. The devil is so skilled 
is so deceptive. So he comes to you as you. Speaks in your voice to you. And you think it's you, boy, it's a demon. And because you don't recognize it, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm stupid. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm silly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you name the, fill in the blanks. The enemy is speaking to you through his voice. Boy, it sounds like you, and you don't discern as the enemy. So now you're partnering with demons. Your flesh is to the devil what your spirit is to the Holy Spirit. So demons can reside in your flesh. And he tries to manipulate you, releasing whispers, releasing thoughts. You learn to recognize the enemy in other people when you've learned to deal with him in your life. And if you don't take his thoughts captive, you know he's going to take you captive. So you need to strike. He wants to bind you before you bind him. That's why you take hold of those thoughts. And that is why you speak. That is one of the ways in which you start to exercise the authority God has given you. Remember, we will not be an army if you are not a soldier. I believe today God wants to break some yokes off of some of you. Panic attacks, anxiety, that's demonic at its core. But you can't break it off. There's someone here, it's insomnia. Is that how I pronounce it? Like you can't sleep. It's like constant, your mind is just like you, you can't rest. God wants to break that off of you because it's a work of the enemy. But he doesn't just want to break it off. He wants you to learn how to deal with it. Because you remember the story of the demoniac? The, uh, the guy who had legions of demons, right? And, and the demons were, were cast out of him. And then you know what? He wanted to follow Jesus. You know, and in fact, I, I got a reference here. Mark 5, 18. Uh, uh, Jesus got into the boat and the demon-possessed guy who had been set free begged him that he might be with him. So he wanted to be with Jesus, which is a good thing. However, Jesus turned around and did not permit him to go with him. And Jesus said to him, go home to your friends and tell them of all the great things the Lord has done for you. And this is what he says. This guy departed and began to proclaim all the Lord has done for him in the Decapolis. And if you know what Decapolis means, it means ten cities. So this guy was possessed by legion of demons. And if I remember correctly, legion means like 3,000 foot soldiers and 3,000 horsemen. I don't know how this works, but this is again a spiritual thing. One guy is possessed by all these thousands of demons. So when he gets set free, it's like a big deal. Jesus did not allow him to follow him with the other disciples. Jesus says, now you go and be a witness. And he went to be a witness in Decapolis. Decapolis means 10 cities. So all along, this guy had revival for 10 cities in him. Maybe that was what the battle was about. Is it possible that what you think you're dealing with that you're trying to think is about you it's not so much about you as opposed to the people you're called to impact. The cities that are in you. The territories you're called to gain. So the enemy is trying to strike you with all this stuff. And oftentimes, the area you tend to grow in authority in is the area you fight. 
And as you fight that depression, guess what? You arise out of that and you become a voice to break it off of other people. As you fight that sickness, you gain authority in that area and you become a voice to release deliverance to other people. Listen, as you fight that pornography and you come out, you become an agent of freedom to a generation that's bound by perversion. The enemy does not go to fight where there are no spoils. So don't be deceived and think it's all about you. There is a lot more going on than your eyes can see. And I'm here to announce to you, warrior arise. Warrior arise. Okay, we're going to look at one more scripture, and then we're going to go into prayer. So this is David. In 1 Samuel 6. Now in 1 Samuel, sorry, 1 Samuel 30, my bad. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. I, in fact, I'll start from verse 1. It says, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burnt it with fire. Verse 2, and taking captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So let's fast forward to verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his son and daughter. This is the, this is the interest. You see, this is what warriors learn how to do. This next bit. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Put yourself in David's shoes. These men that you've raised up, you've invested in, you've made them what they are because of your, your training and your believing in them and you've been with them for years and all of a sudden they all turn against you and are thinking of killing you. You've lost family, they've lost family. And all they're thinking about is not even how to get family back. They're thinking they want to kill you. So put yourself in the place of David. He's dealing with a lot of emotional distress. Maybe you're here and you're dealing with emotional distress. Well, try to imagine how David would have felt if the men that he's raised up are now talking of stoning him. The interesting thing is he didn't even, he didn't even turn uh, against them and get really upset at them. We don't read that here. But he learned to do something that every warrior needs to, needs to learn how to do. He learned how to strengthen himself. He didn't ask for prayer, guys. Now, now, again, just to make clear, nothing wrong with asking for prayer. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But this is warrior practice. <laughs> he, find, he, he found a way to find strength in God. Do you have a way of finding strength? Do you have a way of knowing how to strengthen yourself when you feel like everything has come against you? Because if we're talking about gaining territories, it's battles we're going to deal with and the devil is going to come at you. So you don't wait till then to figure out how you're going to learn how to strengthen yourself. <laughs> right now, you need to be asking yourself, how am I going to find strength in moments where I'm feeling weak? And different people have had different ideas on how David strengthened himself. The idea is, the reality is, we don't know. 
I think you need to find the things that fortify and encourage you in the Lord. For me, there are certain things I listen to when I'm feeling a bit discouraged that just wake me up. In fact, there are times where I listen to certain preachers and I just store like a 30 second or 5 second of a statement, <laughs> put in my favorites. And every now and again, I just, I just, I just, I just play, just, just it's like a, it's like a shot. <laughs> just to wake me up from any funk I'm in. And there's some things I learned how to go. You know, there's some people you spend time with and you feel like you're not saved. <laughs> Those are the people that carry something that challenge your complacency. You need to find systems and find ways to encourage yourself. For others, it's taking note of the things that God has promised. Not focusing on what he hasn't done, but what he has done and what he is doing. Isn't it funny when you're going through a hard time, you kind of struggle to remember any good thing God has done? Because we have spiritual amnesia. We forget so easily. You need to find the things that strengthen you in the Lord. I mean, there are times where I'm feeling, if I remember some time ago, where I was feeling so tired emotionally, and it was like I was just feeling like I didn't even want to do any ministry. You know, and I just went away for like, I don't know, it was two or three days. And you know what I did all that time? Praying tongues. When I came out of that time, I literally physically felt as though I just had a two-week holiday. I felt so much vision, strength. I didn't hear a word from God. It, all I know is I went in one way and came out another way. So what I'm trying to say is you need to find that thing that stirs your spirit and gets you to reconnect with who God is. For some people, it's just being lost in the presence of God in worship. You don't have anything to say. You just put some music. You just stay there. You're lost for words. You might even cry. You might be tired. Oh, Lord, I don't have anything. I'm just here. Do you realize if you don't find a way to strengthen yourself, you're going to become a casualty of war? If David did not, he'll be dead. (laughs) If David did not strengthen himself, he would have been dead. The men would have killed him. And that was in God's plan. But we know David is a warrior. So if God is calling us to rise as warriors, then we need to learn from David's example. Because he strengthened himself, then he was able to hear what God had to say. So So David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? I love this because David is not presumptuous. Uh, the disciples couldn't cast out some demons uh, from a young boy. They tried, even though Jesus had given them authority and they'd seen some success, there was a particular demon they found in this young boy. They couldn't cast the demon out. And then Jesus comes up the mountain and just cast the demon out. And so they asked Jesus, they get along with Jesus and ask him, Jesus, you know, why couldn't we cast out this demon? You know the story. Jesus says, This one comes out only by prayer and fasting. So, obviously, we believe in prayer and fasting. And we are going to keep pushing that. But I think we miss an important point. Because oftentimes, when we're dealing with difficult situations, we just think, okay, the next thing we need to do right now is prayer and fasting. Not all the time. 
because you missed the first step. The disciples, when they didn't see results, you know what the, what the first thing they did? They got along with Jesus. So we don't want to pay the price to get along with Jesus. We just want to copy a formula that worked for the minister down the road. That minister may have done a prayer and fasting for three days, but that doesn't mean that's what God is asking you to do. In your situation, when you get along with Jesus, he might say, you need to forgive your dad. In your situation, you might get with Jesus, he might say, you don't need to forgive, you need to give a gift to that person. And in your, I don't know about you, there are times where my breakthrough has come by giving, just because I heard a word. In fact, recently, we're dealing with a challenging financial situation, my wife and I, and we're just praying in the camp, like, Lord, what is the key to this? What? And all of a sudden, I, I just had a sense that we needed to give to someone. And when we gave to that person, I, honestly, I didn't even connect that the giving to that person was connected to the financial breakthrough that we're seeking. But several weeks later, the Lord just blew our minds. Like, it was like, oh my goodness. It was like the, the kind of financial provision we received could only be connected to that act of obedience. He didn't ask, now, pastors don't get mad at me. He didn't ask us to give in an offering. Not that that's wrong. And I think we should keep doing that. But he pointed out someone to me that we should give to. Isn't that crazy? The point I'm trying to make is, when you learn how to get along with Jesus, you're going to be able to receive specific strategies from Jesus that would help you in your situation. Don't just look for the easy way where you copy what works for the other person. Now, he may call you to fasting. He may call, in fact, that is a given. He always calls us to fasting and pray. That is just a given. However, when we're dealing with specific situations, we need to be able to get alone with him and say, Lord, what do you have to say about this? How do I respond to this? How do you want me to pray in this situation? David did not presume. David got alone with God. And he asked God, do you want us to go? Because that is so key for what happens next. And this is where I'm landing, and this is where we're going to pray. The Lord answered him and said, pursue. You shall surely overtake them, and without fail, you shall recover all. That is a prophetic word to this region. Oh, thank you. Oh, goodness me. That almost fell, didn't it? <laughs> thank you. I'll stop hitting this now. <laughs> Let me read it again. It says, pursue. Remember, the armor of God doesn't have any protection for your backside. So you're built to confront. You're built to advance. And the Lord is saying to a warrior, David, pursue. I believe he's saying that to believers in this region, pursue. And when I say that, I don't just mean that in a blanket kind of broad sense. I am talking about what, how we started this session with prayer. What are the things the enemy has stolen? What are the things that we can look at and it's like, 
that is a work of darkness. Without a doubt, that is a work of the enemy. There are several ways you can see that through patterns, diagnosis, you know, sickness that have no diagnosis from the doctor. It's like there is no answer. It's like you're dealing with something else. If there is no answer, it's just like, you know, when you go to the airport and you go through those things that scan you, there is no scanning thing that can scan and reveal demons. You need another type of scanner for that one. (laughs) So there's some things the doctors will not be able to detect. So for some people, the issues you're dealing with could be connected to unforgiveness. For other people, it could be witchcraft. For other people, it could be all sorts of things in the bloodline that need to be cut off. See, when the enemy keeps releasing kinds of oppression and kinds of, you know, things in our lives... You know, we need to become spiritual investigators and and realize what is giving the enemy a premise, a legal ground. Pastor Mario is a legal guy, so he knows more about legal things than I do. But I know this for sure, that the enemy is a legalist. And so if something keeps repeating itself and it seems like it's not shifting, the enemy has a legal ground somewhere to be able to do what he's doing. Because really, the enemy is meant to be under our feet. So if a situation is recurring, and it's clear that the enemy is at work in this, then I will be asking the Lord, what is the open door? What premise, what, what ground is the enemy using to launch this attack? And how can we get rid of that legal ground? It could be things in the bloodline. It could be iniquities. It could be sins. It could be, it could be anything. I'm not here to announce to you what it is. I'm saying you need to learn how to get along with God and ask questions. When you get along with God, see, David had an opportunity to be offended. When you're offended at God and you're asking questions, why me, God, in a place of offense, that's only going to lead to more unbelief. But when you ask questions from a place of trust, it's only going to lead to revelation. Because there's so much I don't understand, there's so much you don't understand, and the one thing that's sure is God is a good God. So we come to him with that heart of trust even when we don't understand. He said, you give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. We're not going to receive the peace that surpasses all understanding if we do not lose our right to understand. He doesn't owe you a full explanation. However, he wants you to fully trust him so that he can show you the way you want to go. I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes you're coming to God with one thing, but he wants to talk about something completely different. Just go with what he wants to talk about. (laughs) Because he knows exactly what's already on your heart. And then there are times where, I don't know if this ever happened to you, where you haven't even prayed a request, but God has already answered it. Okay, maybe that's not but It's like, You can see that God is actually answering your thoughts before you actually get to articulate them. And I see these sorts of things happen when I begin to go in the line of seeking first God's kingdom. Pursuing his desires and his wants. David did not get offended at God. And God was able to speak into his situation and say, pursue. And you shall overtake. That is supernatural. Because they had gone already ahead of David. (laughs) This reminds me of God's hand coming upon Elijah. 
and he was able to outrun Ahab's chariots. When God's hand comes upon you, you're going to be able to move with speed and outrun things that have gone ahead of you. Maybe you're here and you feel like you're getting so old. Oh, Lord, I'm getting old. The biological clock is ticking. <laughs> Shall I go there? <laughs> oh, Lord, you promised me about being settled in marriage and all this kind of stuff. But I feel like I'm getting old. Listen, if God could give Sarah a child. <laughs> If God could do that, all you need to be sure about is God has spoken. So all your responsibility is, is to stand on whatever you know God has said. God is not intimidated by the biological clock. And when the hand of the Lord comes upon you, when it seems like all your colleagues have gone ahead of you, and you feel like you're way behind, the Lord does things that actually causes you to overtake, accelerate. There is an anointing to overtake. There's an anointing for acceleration, for speed. Where things begin to just move with speed in the spirit. And it's so clear that God is behind it. That is what happened to Elijah. And I believe the Lord wants to do more of that, even in this territory, with some ministers that feel stagnant. Ministry feels stale and stagnant. And people around, you're looking, it seems like things are progressing. The Lord is saying, is coming in a fresh way to bring an acceleration. You're going to pursue, you're going to accelerate, overtake, and not just that, you're going to recover all. Can I have the band come up, please? We're going to recover all. You know, when I was, uh, actually, I've got kids, so I don't need to talk about me. You have these toys where you can switch them to a certain mode and maybe a demo mode and do all these kind of things, play some music. For many of us, you need to find your switch to your war mode. I don't believe this is the sulking season. It's the fighting season. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Make sure you're not in Egypt. Make sure you're not in the wilderness in disobedience and cycles as well. Make sure you're stepping into the promised land. In that place, there is an anointing to fight. There's an anointing to take new territories. However, God wants you to recover the things that the enemy has come into your camp to steal from you. I, I still feel this even as I'm speaking. There's someone here, you're praying for a son, you're praying for a son, you're praying for a child, someone maybe wayward, disconnected from God, and you're contending. And I want to say, don't stop contending. Maybe even watching online, don't stop contending because there is a season God is about to bring about where all the years that seem like it's been wasted, God is going to recover all. Don't stop standing your ground. Do you understand with me? We are going to fight. 
When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard, a standard of intercession, a standard of the prophetic, a standard of fasting and prayer. He raises up a standard to resist the enemy. Where we have lost ground, where we've allowed the enemy to have inroads, we're saying no more, no more. You know, you Americans, you're definitely not conservative. In the UK, a lot of Christians are quite, when I say conservative, reserved is the word. <laughs> you know, very chilled. And sometimes I say to them, you know, I don't care if you're an introvert or if you're an extrovert. If you have a three-month-old baby in your living room and a stranger walks into your house, actually, you Americans, you're probably going to get out your gun right away. <laughs> We in the UK, we don't have guns. <laughs> Some stranger walks, walks into your living room, grabs your baby, and starts. So you're not going to say, hey, can, can you bring back my baby, please? Can you please just come and sit down? Let's have a chat. Let's, uh, what, do you, what would you like to drink, please? Some of you are, 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 are entertaining the devil. The devil does not play nice. The devil does not play nice. He has come into your house. And he is molesting you by just attacking things that you're like, what? why is this? What is this? See, this is where you cannot afford to sit down and do nothing. In fact, there are times where you can't call the pastor. There are times where you can't call a friend. And it's just you by yourself. You better learn how to fight. You better learn how to find your war mode. You better learn how to lift your voice and say enough is enough. Devil, I command you, wherever you've come from, you pack your bags and get out of my house now. Take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my emotions. Take your hands off my body. Take your hands off my marriage. No more, enough is enough. I find my war mode right now. I break agreement with the enemy and I take a stand against darkness right now. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You will not have my marriage. You will not have my health. You will not have my body. You will not have my mind. In the name of Jesus. Sadaye, 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 Mataya Kataya Mana. Hey, Habasata, 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 Venda Daya, Venda Daya, Venda Daya, Makata 
Masano, Masano, Masano. Asula Kapaya Kapaya La Tapayaba. Vasotole Kepaya Nema. Sadadaya, 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 Sadadaya. Ebalada Vosokotale Nema. Veda Nona, Veda Nona. Eliada Sula Balia Kapadre. Veda, 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 Veda. We fight in the spirit. We fight for our families. We fight for our health. We fight. Yes. Satali kitala baya. Sakali kitaya baya. Fida tala tutane. Azoto pali kitayo. Vese tulana mandrea. Vasatali kitaya. Ziba bayo. Ziba bayo. Ziba bayo. Ziba bayo. Ziba baya. Azatataya kata. Etataya. No retreat, no surrender. Father, we thank you that you're raising up an army in New Jersey. I thank you that the Hope Center is going to be one of those spiritual barracks where warriors are going to be raised up and trained and released. And Father, tonight we're declaring that we will not retreat in fear. We're not going to turn our back to the enemy and run away. Lord, we advance. And even if we're not able to advance, we're going to stand our ground. So we're going to declare no retreat, no surrender. When I say no retreat, you say no surrender. And when I say no surrender, you say no retreat. No retreat. No That's it. No retreat. No surrender. No, surrender. no, retreat. no surrender. No retreat. No surrender. No now listen, when you leave this place and the enemy is trying to intimidate you, 
with health issues intimidate you, with even dreams intimidate you, with all sorts of manifestations in your workplace to shut you down, even with your children, things seem to be getting worse. Remember this, no retreat. Now I want you to say to yourself, no retreat. No surrender. When the enemy comes in like a flood, remember, no retreat. No surrender. What that means is, we're going to take our battle postures. We're going to pick up our weapons. We're going to pray. We're going to stand our ground. I don't know if I said this while I was preaching, but listen, when you begin to stand against darkness and you feel like you're running out of, out of uh, courage, you feel discouragement coming and you feel like you're getting weary, go and find another warrior. Go and find another comrade that's strong in faith. Let them re-energize your faith. Go and find resources that stir up your heart. If you're feeling weary, I want you to go and find people that would release strength into you. That would lift up your weary hands. We will not be battle weary. No, 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 no. You know what I find? When I fight, I don't get weary. I actually feel strength. Especially when you're doing it empowered by the Holy Spirit. So this whole idea of being battle weary, sometimes it's just the enemy trying to shut you down. Because when you engage in battle by the Holy Spirit, you're energized in that battle. So we just banish all that weariness right now. Father, we thank you for courage where there's discouragement. I believe the Lord wants to release dreams. There's someone here where your dreams have stopped. It's like you used to remember your dreams or maybe it's like you don't remember your dreams anymore and it's like your dream world has just been like forgotten and not much is happening there. I believe the Lord wants to reignite your dreams. Who is that here? Where it's like you used to have dreams and all of a sudden it stopped. Okay, just put your hand up right now. Father, right now, I just release that over each person here. Where it's like that, that revelatory realm has ceased. Lord, right now, I reactivate it in the name of Jesus. I thank you for revelatory dreams from heaven. The reason why I feel the Lord is stirring that is because for some of you, as you begin to press deep in prayer, He's going to begin to answer you with strategies in dreams. Father, I ask that as we go to sleep, we begin to receive strategies from you. Where the enemy has shut down the dream worlds of people and they've not been dreaming those prophetic dreams. Lord, right now, I say, God, even as I've just felt that stirring of your spirit, let that be reactivated right now. Right now. Even tonight. 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 Dreams from heaven. Dreams from the throne room of God. And for other people, you've been having dreams, but it's perverted dreams. The enemy has been tormenting you with just perversion and all kinds of torment. 
Sometimes it's not perversion. It's just like just, just fear. It's, it's sipping into your dreams where the enemy is oppressing you. If that's you, just lift your hands right now as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every spirit of perversion. Listen, I want to encourage you, when you get home, pray over your bed. Pray over your bedroom and pray over your bed. I want to encourage you to use the scripture that, I can't remember the reference, in Genesis. You can type it and Google find it. It's where Jacob laid his head on a stone and he saw angels ascending and descending. Open up that scripture and pray over your bed and say, Lord, this is a room where angels ascend and descend. Lord, as I lay my head on this pillow, I declare that every perversion that has been seeking to attack me at night, it ceases now. And I speak that over you right now in Jesus' name. That where the enemy has been perverting your dreams, it ceases now in Jesus' name. In fact, lay your hands on your head right now. Father, I thank you that, Lord, our minds, even as we rest, begins to engage with heaven. Engage with heaven. Our hearts begin to receive communication from the heavenly realms, from your realm. No more perversion. I feel like there's someone here where some of the things you've been experiencing in your dreams is connected to some gifts that you received from someone or somewhere and those gifts have got some connection to some demonic things that open the door to the enemy to just do what he's doing with you in your home as you get home just say to the lord father what are those things i've received that have a connection to demonic things in my home show me and i for some of you need to get rid of them right away get rid of them get rid of them get rid of them it's an open door for the enemy you know Oftentimes you would clean your house and hoover your house and you do that in the natural. Some of you need to do that regularly in the spirit. You need to spiritually sanitize your house and say, Lord, as I pray through this house, what needs to go? What needs to be removed? What have, I, what have we allowed in that has given the enemy any access points? Goodness me, I just see a picture on the wall. For someone who's like, maybe there's a picture on the wall that represents something that's dark, that you literally need to just get off the wall and get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And you might be, oh yeah, this person gave me this gift. Listen, get rid of it. There's a picture I see on the wall, someone's house, and that picture represents something dark of the enemy. And you've just received it with a good heart, but you have no idea that it's connected to something dark. And the Lord is saying, get rid of it. As you pray through your house, guys, I feel like some of you just need to go pray through your house. Say, Lord, what are the things I need to get rid of? You are in a battle, and so you cannot give the enemy any foothold. Another thing I'm feeling right now, parents, don't just put on any movie, any cartoon, anything for your children. As, you, as you're watching things on the TV and you're like, if you feel a lack of peace, turn it off, get rid of it. You don't need to have an explanation. If you lose your peace and you feel uncomfortable, even if it looks innocent, turn it off. Your TV, your mobile phones, your iPads, they're like portals. Spirits come through them into your home. Whether you realize it or not, good or bad comes through them. 
So you've got to be a spiritual gatekeeper in your home and realize the enemy. Gosh, as I'm just saying this, I feel like even some of you that responded here, there's some things that you've been entertaining, that you've been watching, that the enemy has been using to keep, he's kind of been using that as a kind of ground to continually attack you. And you need to just turn it off and stop watching it. I don't know if it's a series or something. You just need to just turn it off. It's okay, enough. I'm not tolerating this anymore. You know, don't give the enemy any foothold. Okay, I'm going to release the mic. Just lift your hands. I'll pray over you one more time. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing right here in New Jersey. You're raising up an army. And Lord, I ask that, Lord, these warriors will be strong in you. Like David strengthened himself. I pray that these warriors will know how to engage the Holy Spirit in such a way that power begins to flow. I ask that these warriors will be strong in you and in the power of your might. I pray that these warriors will not live in Egypt, but in the promised land. Dealing with the enemy, gaining new territories for you. Recovering all. Recovering all. Prodigals coming back home. I don't know who that person is, a son. Prodigal coming back home. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the declarations we've released here. We will not go back to what we were. But we are going to keep advancing, going from glory to glory in you, Father. Teach our hands to war and our fingers to do battle. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this prayer storm podcast. For more content, find us on Instagram at prayerstorm, all one word. And on YouTube, prayerstorm.tv.